This episode is full of gems to help you understand yourself more deeply, uncover your personal truths, and learn how to trust and believe in yourself. I have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Pierce. Andrew Pierce is a professional stress and performance coach, showing high achievers how they can maintain performance through mastering the skill of emotional release, meaning that they're able to rest and regenerate without needing to stop doing business. Through his work, Andrew's clients also experience moments of awakening where they can connect to clarity, direction, and deeper meaning and purpose in their lives, all of which are results in them being happier now through the beauty that is surrender. This conversation was full of so many things and so many stories that you can really relate to and apply to your life. I know I enjoyed it and I really hope it serves you well. Hi, I'm Kelly Kessler. I'm the host of the podcast, Rewiring Health. If you feel like you're someone who's constantly working all the time and you struggle to really feel like you have a balance in your life, this podcast is specifically designed for you. I am deeply devoted to helping high achievers cultivate harmony in their life and improve their health through the messages in this podcast. I hope it serves you well. High achievement does not come without a price tag, and sometimes it's our health. If you're wondering if high achievement is compromising your well-being, take my free quiz in the show notes. Welcome to another episode of Rewiring Health. So excited to be joined by Andrew Pierce. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Looking forward to, to having a fun conversation. Yes, absolutely. So what I love is just to hear how people got to where they are today. There's always a journey and a backstory of what brought you to what you do today. So I would love for you to share yours and how did you come to help the people that you help today? For sure. So I'm a little over nine years into coaching. I, I stumbled across it when I was 25. So I was pretty fortunate to know what I wanted to do at that age. And growing up, I mean, I read my first Tony Robbins book when I was 19, 20. So I had an interest in why we do what we do, understanding social cues and things of that nature. And and I knew that that what I wanted to do was get paid to give people advice. Mm-hmm. I liked thinking and coming up with my principles and philosophies on life and stuff like that. And I enrolled in a Bachelor of Psychological Science, trusting that it would take me where I wanted to go. I didn't have any interest in doing seven to eight years to become a psychologist or psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. but that did take me where I wanted to be. Within a couple of months, I came across a definition of human behavior and life coaching on the university website. So I immediately called up and transferred to do that, to specialize in that in my second and third year. But I never got to the second and third year because not long after that, I came across an ad from the Coaching Institute on Facebook on a Monday night, called them on the Tuesday and went and signed in, signed up to the top tier program on the Wednesday. So the way that I got into coaching is a little different to, to, to most that usually have gone through some life upheaval or they've had their own coach or whatever it might be. I just, I'm just like, this is me. This yeah. is this is me for sure on what I would love to be doing. And so I first stepped foot in my first three-day coach training room, August 1st, 2014. Originally had a business called Anxiety Free Living, looking at general and social anxiety. And then as I grew, it more came to the stress, burnout, burnout performance in the business and entrepreneurial space. And so 
yeah, I've got a bit of my own experience, uh, personal experience that I've worked through from the teachings that I've learned. And uh, yeah, nine, nine, nine years in now, and this is where I am. Yeah, I love that. I love that you already knew what aligned with you back then. Like you, you, you went in the direction that you felt like you were destined to be in. So I love that. That and it's like I love how those opportunities also come when you least expect it, and you just you go for it, and then your life takes a whole different direction. So that's absolutely amazing. Yes. When yeah, cool. as you got into coaching, a lot of times I know from my experience, like as you coach, you also evolve too. Can you talk about your own journey as you started diving into the coaching and you're helping others? How you've had to evolve to rise up to that occasion? Yeah, so as as the law of attraction works, you know, you you get who you are. So in the in the coach training, they said you're going to get clients who have similar problems to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, through my evolution, there, there's been some times where I could just feel that I've moved on from that audience or that market or that that problem and teaching hasn't lit me up and inspired me or excited me as, as much as it once did. Mm-hmm. And so it was, was it a couple of years, three or four years in, I decided to step away from anxiety-free living, which was focusing on the general and the social and started to get more into the, the business side of things, working with business owners and entrepreneurs on their personal growth so that it would reflect for them in their their performance, their career, their business growth, whatever it was for them. And yeah, my growth along the way, as I'm sure you know, running a business, you're you're gonna you're gonna grow. There's there is just uncertainty to to face. You've got to trust yourself, you've got to believe yourself, you've got to express yourself and put yourself out there. And at times like you're you're generating the leads, you're converting them, you're delivering, you're you're the accountant, you know. Mm-hmm. your everything so there has been a lot of personal and professional evolution throughout those those nine years that yeah I mean I could go deep on mm-hmm. here there and everywhere so I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it'll unravel and get more specific as the conversation goes yeah so one thing that's that just came in my head as we we're talking is that as a high achiever like I've been a high achiever my whole life you know worked with many there's often that like push pull of like go, 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 grind harder, push harder. And there's also that very much of a mentality of that when you follow many people, it's like, you have to do more, wake up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, grind. And oftentimes when you're already a high achiever can feel very like overwhelming, like it's never enough, you know? So how do you balance feeling like you have to grind and go harder all the time versus allowing things to happen and kind of surrendering to what is destined to be in your life and just feeling like the universe is working for you. How do you manage a balance with that as far as like pushing yourself further versus kind of releasing into the world and letting things happen? Yeah, totally. So you said like that, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. What I would share with someone would be that the, the the more truthful, potent statement there is I'm never enough. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would guide someone to be with the statement because it's is an impersonal statement. Mm-hmm. It's an external thing. It's never enough, whether it's my output, the results, what my superiors think of my work, whatever it might be, it's never enough. Yet I'm is personal language. And therefore, when someone would to name their experience, I'm never enough. I feel like I'm never enough. Well, that that feeling's gonna gonna come up in the body to 
for that person to be with and for that person to release. So that's one of the first things that I would share with someone is, is that because in that naming of your experience, often at times simply naming something creates enough space for it to shift and release from the body because it, there's, there's honesty within self. And just as an alcoholic who denies that alcoholism will never recover because they deny the existence of the problem in the first place, if someone always externalizes their feelings and, and lacks that willingness and the courage to be honest with themselves, they always will deny the opportunity for them to release because they're not saying that it's there in the first place. So that's the first thing that I would do. Mm -hmm. And then the piece on balancing trusting and surrendering versus pushing and forcing and feeling like life is working against you is is again to if like if someone's struggling to surrender and just trust the flow of life they need to admit that they don't trust they're just like i don't to, to say i don't trust life is a simple yet actually quite a profound thing because mm -hmm. It's also something likely that a lot of people would have shame or guilt or embarrassment around or like, and they'd feel insecure about the fact that they don't trust life. And so, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not that I don't trust life. It's just that, and all of a sudden externalize X, Y, Z's going on. ABC has happened. And I'm just, I'm just a little stressed. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, you were so close. You were so close to being honest enough with yourself and truthful enough with yourself that what's in your body was about to be up and out and leave. But mm -hmm. the fear of fear, which is the first pillar of my work that I take people through is like in the moment of naming, I don't trust life that brings up that feeling in the body. If, if someone doesn't know how to be with fear and they're fearful of it, then oh, oh, push it down. No, 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 no. It's not that I mean that it's just, you know, to kind of, to get out of it. So if someone wants to get to a place of trusting life, you've got to at first, first admit that you don't trust life and all that you doubt life, because as you subtract that from the equation, you'll, you'll just automatically be left with deeper levels of trust. As you, as you subtract one self doubt from the equation, you, at the same time, you immediately go up one self trust. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about release, surrender, letting it go and the like you you can't do it if you're lying to yourself you can't do it if you're not willing to bring that self honesty to the table so that's where i would start with someone to help have them you've got to admit how much you're out of balance to get yourself into balance you know yeah, so that's where absolutely. i'd start yeah for someone maybe who's like suppressed those emotions for so long and don't even doesn't even have a great awareness of it how would you suggest starting to bring awareness to that so that they can be more vulnerable they can be more honest with themselves yeah for sure so the, the first thing i would suggest is a little methodology of emotional release i've created called the four permissions mm -hmm. and what this is about is in the initial stages creating safety around feeling creating safety around emotion and being in the body. So a high achiever who has burnt themselves out, like we'll go back to the fear of fear, the fear, of, a strong fear of fear. You can be an addict on the street who uses drugs to distract. You can be a CEO, multimillionaire who uses work and busyness to mm -hmm. distract. One is more functional in terms of external results than the other. 
Yet fundamentally at the core of the human experience, it's still the fear of fear that's taking place. Someone who has a very overactive, busy mind is a distraction from the emotional pain and discomfort that's in the body. And going into the body, I explain it in a way of like, imagine if you're in a haunted house by yourself, backs against the wall, no flashlight, here in creeks, gusts of wind, terrified. Mm -hmm. And in order to make that experience better, you've got to explore the house, open up doors, turn on lights. And life is asking you to step away from the only bit of certainty that you've got, which is my back's against the wall. I don't know what's out there. All I know is that a wall is here. That's terrifying mm -hmm. to go and do that. So it's it's scary and confronting to explore the depths and darkness of your of your consciousness, of your psyche, especially when we don't really get taught how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. So bringing permission to your experience and letting yourself know, hey, it's okay to feel sad. You, yeah, you said that you know, high-achieving women are, are your audience. It's like, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel incapable. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you're allowed to be tired and stressed out. So what this permission is doing is making space for emotion to move through because emotion is energy in motion. It is... Judgment is why we fight how we're feeling. Oh, no, it's, it's, not, it's not okay to feel tired. It's not okay to feel incapable. It's not okay to ask for help. If you ask for help, it, it means that you, you can't handle it yourself. If you can't handle it yourself, it means that people are going to see you as, as, as weak and you can't have that. So push that down, get rid of it. Permission allows a space for you to be having the experience that you're having. You know, and the the, the ironic thing is, so many times in life we're having an experience and we're just trying to deny it, but it's like, Hey, whether you're, whether you're denied or not, it's the experience that you're having. So you may as well be accepting of it and give permission to it. So to begin to get into that process is to give yourself permission of like, I'm allowed to feel it's safe for me to, to feel strong emotions. You know, I'm allowed to complain about being worn out even when I've got a great external life and all my boxes are ticked, I'm allowed to feel a bit victimy and complainy and poor me. And this is unfair. You know, it's a lot of people go, I shouldn't feel bad. You know, I've got a great life. I'm like, well, you're just judging yourself for how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. you're, you're far better off giving yourself some permission and space to feel how you're feeling, because that's, that's what's going to give you the resolution and the rest that you're seeking. Yeah. So, so important there. And I love that. I love how you give the visualization of the haunted house because it just makes so much sense. It's like, of course, you're going to be stuck there if you never take the opportunity to explore it further. So I just, I love that visualization. I haven't heard that before. I really like that. And yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, I can very much relate to that, like judgment of ourselves when we feel like things are not okay. And it's like, well, I have to be functional. I can't sit in these emotions. I have to do this and that. And like, you're trying to check all the boxes of what you need to get done. And yet you feel this certain way that's very much resistant to moving yourself forward. So yeah, that permission is huge. When someone is giving themselves permission and feels very foreign to them, is there like a timeline where you feel like, okay, I'll give myself a few days and then I can move forward? Or is it just like, let it go on whatever course it's destined to be in? How would you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. So there, 
there's two two ways, let's say. Um, so the the four permissions that I've created are called okay, allowed, safe, and approved. Mm-hmm. Because growing up, whether overtly or, or like sorry, directly or indirectly, we're learning it's not okay to cry. It's not safe to express your anger in this household. You know, I don't approve of your desire for whatever. It's greedy. And what was what, okay, safe, allowed, approved. And like your expression isn't approved of, or, you know, whatever it might be, there's, there's then becomes judgment on our experience. Mm-hmm. And so with the four permissions, there's a little add on that I have, which is I'm allowed to feel sad for as long as I want to, mm-hmm. or I'm allowed to feel angry for as long as I need to, mm-hmm. because as kids, so often we are you know, hurry, we're getting rushed through our emotional state. Come on, hurry up, stop your crying. Don't pull that face, all this type of stuff. Even simple little things like that, like don't pull that face or oh, yeah. don't cry, whatever it might be. We're just getting told, no, we're just, we're just receiving judgment and not knowing what's going on, trying to navigate the world and getting rushed through our emotions and our experience. So there's the permission piece of like, you're allowed to feel sad for as long as you need to. Take your time because it's going to take the time that it's going to take. So there's that answer. And there is also the answer that is um, looking at your life. You're like, well, look, I'm going to give myself two days to just feel like shit and be down in the dumps. And then I've got, I've got responsibilities and duties that I, and demands that I need to attend to. And if that's the best that you can do, I mean, two days is great. If, If you can do, 30 minutes or an hour. If that's the best that you can do for now, then it's better than nothing. So emotion coming out of your body and healing is is going to take the time that it's going to take because when it comes to emotional release, if you try to force something through or rush it through, you're, you're coming from fear. In the healing process, we get out of the way. In the emotional release process, we get out of the way. So it's not okay to cry don't pull that face, not allowed to be angry in this household is suppressing how we feel. The permission is taking those hands off mm-hmm. and getting out of the way so the emotion can take through, can move through. And that is going to take the time that it takes. Sometimes something will be like, oh, uncomfortable, gone. And you're like, I don't even know what that was about. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I forget. Other times, you know, you might be healing a wound that's got, 25 pieces to it and you've only healed five pieces Mm -hmm. so far and that as a chunk is going to take the time that it's going to take so that's a bit of a bit of a two-pronged answer to that one Mm -hmm. yeah no thank you because it it definitely gives clarity to that and and how to approach that because it can be very you know confusing to people like okay I surrender but then I also have to be a mom I have to be you know I can't leave my job so that definitely helped bring clarity to some of that and how do we surrender and release our emotions in the process of also being present for what we need to be present for so yeah that was that was great one thing as as you were talking is we release the emotions and you know you're saying kind of like step off and let let the healing process happen how do we navigate that as far as like taking active role versus passively being like, I'm just going to step back and let things happen. How, how would you say you navigate that as far as being active and healing ourselves and not necessarily like controlling it, but rather just taking an active approach in healing versus like passively being like, I'm just going to let time happen and, and let things heal. How would you say it's for someone to navigate that? 
For sure, for sure. So what I w- would define there is that you could say that surrender is the most active way to live life. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that to surrender is to stop fighting. Mm-hmm. And so what if, if surrender is to stop fighting and someone's been told they need a surrender, then what that shows them is that they're currently fighting, mm-hmm. fighting against life, fighting against their own emotions, fighting against the current, um, you know, this, the whole swimming upstream type thing, which is the perfect analogy. Like that ties you out swimming against the current. That's going to tire you out. And so it's great that you've phrased this question in this way because surrender does at times get assumed to be this passive act. But you could be internally surrendered, which means opening your body and more lent into life than you've ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could be in a surrendered state that has emotion and inspiration come through Mm -hmm. that results in a 60-hour work week or a 70-hour work week. So the first thing to answer that there is to define that surrender isn't necessarily a hands-off passive act, but, you know, surrender might inspire you to a 60-hour week, for example. Surrender is an internal process of not fighting against how you're feeling, how you're thinking and your emotions. And so a great way to to understand it is imagine you're in a river and there's a tennis ball that's on the top of the surface, just floating down with its natural buoyancy. But as it comes to you, you push down on it with your hand and you restrict its movement. You restrict the flow and there's a tension. There's a tightness because there's a downward force from your hand and an upwards force from the natural buoyancy of the tennis ball. What we do this in our bodies is when something comes up in our body, it's like, what's that? It feels like it's coming up to happen. You know, a worst case scenario, a doubt, an insecurity, a fear. It feels if we were to just let it do its thing, that it's going to come up and happen and manifest and actualize in our life. And because it feels that way, we push it down and we fight against it. But what we resist persists and the energies that we fight, we feed. And so we only propagate things and make them worse. If I was to remove my hand from that tennis ball, do I need to yell at it or direct it or make sure that it gets to the top of the surface? No. I just get out of the way and it's natural buoyancy, floats up to the top of the surface, down the river, and and it's done. So when it comes to... When it comes to balancing this kind of balancing act here, the the skill to master is one of emotional release. The ability to master is the one to the one of being with yourself. And from this place of allowing yourself to feel how out of balance you are and letting that move release from the body, balance will be found mm-hmm. as a result. A great way to say it is like, have you heard of Alan Watts before, a British philosopher? No, I haven't. Mm-mm. He's got some great stuff. And he says, uh, muddy water is best cleared by being left alone. Mm, I like that. But if you go try to smooth out the ripples mm. of the surface, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. create more disturbance. If you try to push all the muddy murkiness in the water down to the bottom so it's clear, you're going to create more. Mm-hmm. So muddy water is is best cleared left alone. Mm. same things with your emotions and your feelings 
They mm-hmm. are best cleared and released from the body, left being left alone. Mm-hmm. But then we can go back to the start of the conversation. At this point, people need to admit, I don't trust that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't believe in that. I want to really badly, but I'm struggling with surrender. And I would let them know it's because you don't feel safe to let go because you don't trust letting go. It feels scarier to let go than it does to hold on. And if that's the case, 10 times out of 10, you're holding on. Mm-hmm. With yeah. with that safety and that fear of letting go, like for someone who maybe has been through trauma or someone who's been through a lot in life or just has had a really hard time in, in either their past or present and don't feel safe. How, how would you cultivate that feeling of safety where they can start to feel like they can surrender and and let go and not feel like they have to control? Yes. So the first way is to validate the experience. Mm -hmm. What is so common in life and a big reason why people hold on Mm -hmm. is because there's the pain of the event that took place and whether it was uh, overtly, as in someone said, suck it up, move on, mm-hmm. or covertly, as in no one actually validated their experience, not only is there the pain of the event, but there is the pain of our pain either not being validated or being invalid. Mm-hmm. And so someone can be in a position unconsciously where they're just like, I've been holding on to this for 15 years and you're just telling me to let it go? Piss mm-hmm. off. Mm -hmm. I am not letting this go until I get what I want from it. Mm. I've held on to this for 15 years. I'm not going to, it's not going to, I'm not going to get validated. I'm not going to get acknowledged. It's not going to get recognized. The suffering that I've gone through, the suffering that I've gone through and how well I've still done despite that. It's like, no way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let that go. So a very powerful step to start off with is the validation of the experience. And like I said, even if you've got a great life and you've ticked the boxes, you're you're still allowed to feel like a mess. Mm-hmm. You're still allowed to think that life is unfair. It's okay that that you've held on for as long as you have. Mm-hmm. And in giving yourself this permission, it's going to do two things. It's going to trigger, no, it's not. It's no, it's not okay to feel this way because that means that if I complain whilst I've got this great life with the boxes ticked, that means that I'm a selfish, greedy bitch or asshole or whatever it might be. And so I don't want to be that. So I'm just going to shut up, keep it quiet, suffer in silence because that's the right thing to do. It would be wrong of me to complain. And so we just trap ourselves with judgment on top of judgment on top of judgment. That, that's why the four permissions, they're so simple, yet they're so powerful to, to begin to create safety in the body of like, oh, it's okay to feel this way? Yeah, it's totally okay. It's yeah. safe for me to complain about my great life? Totally. Go for your life. It's valid that I've suffered in silence for this long and that I'm feeling disconnected and lonely, even though I have a lot of people around me? Totally understandable. And all of a sudden, the the judgment begins to lift. And from here, the, the result is release. And then from that, there's, there's just more, more automatically more safety in the body because there's less judgment in the body. 
Yeah, I really like that explanation. And it really is just so relatable because it's so easy to get stuck in that cycle of being like, no, I, I'm I'm not the one who should complain. People have it so much worse than me. Like, and it really, there is a lot of that like guilt and shame that you hold on to when you experience that. So you're experiencing like the discontent in your life, the disconnection, and then now the guilt and shame, and it just seems to compile. So I love that permission that you allow yourself to just be like, this is your experience without judgment and releasing it. And for just kind of continuing off of that, for someone who is experiencing that, do you recommend having someone to hold space for them so that they can do that? Or is this something that someone can start to cultivate in their life on their own? What what would be a, a good path for them to go on? Because I imagine it would be hard to make that transition when you've lived like maybe that way for 15, 20 years. And now you're trying to change those patterns that you've developed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd say a bit of both. It depends how 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 fast you want to go. You know, if you've got mm-hmm. a one-to-one coach that can help you see those blind spots and that knows the piece of permission and the insight to mm-hmm. offer and the perspective to give at the time, mm-hmm. then of course that's going to be incredibly powerful. Even in a in a, a smaller group coaching container, maybe a mastermind, three to five people or whatever. Then at the same time. If you're doing it on your own for the time being, you're reading books, you're doing a, a digital program or following someone's work, there can still be growth and progression. Absolutely. It really just depends. How, how do you like to go about it? How fast do you want to go? I myself, I'm more like when I hire coaches, I'm more of a one-to-one coach mm-hmm. kind of guy because I just, I want, I'm like, I don't want to have to do a bunch of study. You've done, you've got the insights that I want to access quickly and to just be able to ask the questions. So that's how I like to go about things. So wherever you're at, there's no right or wrong path. There's no good or bad. You'll, you'll make the progress that you want to make. And if you want to move that bit faster, then find someone who's got the insights that you need to be able to master the skill of emotional release and, and move forward in the way that you're wanting to. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it, it just gives perspective because again, it's not to say that you can't, but it, it is so much, you know, I've, I've had a coach. It is a great experience when you have someone who can really help guide you and, and give you that light and light the trail that's, and they've, that they forged for you. So it is, it is a really nice perspective to have that. Like you can go either way, but just what pace you want to go at. So I love that. One thing you talk about is your personal truths. And I, I would love for you to dive into that a little bit further. I you know, just from what you've talked about, but why is it important that we understand our personal truths and what are our personal truths? Yeah, yeah. So this is a, a principle of internal inquiry and exploration that I call, you've got to admit it to shift it. Mm-hmm. So before it's like, if you, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. like, all right. That, that will never release because you're you're not admitting, I feel like a mess at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if, or if you do get asked a question, it's like, oh, I'm feeling a little lost. It's not that I'm feeling lost. It's just, I don't have the direction that I want. It's like the personal truth for you in that moment is I feel lost. Mm-hmm. And again, the fear of fear, feeling lost can feel quite scary, especially if you're especially if you've got a judgment on yourself to be, you know, you've always been this high achiever, you've got direction, purpose, goals. That's who I am. That's who I've been. That's who people know me as. It's where I get value and significance and and acknowledgement from. If that's the way, then, or if that's the case for someone, then 
feeling lost is going to feel very scary because it's a massive challenge to your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a massive challenge. But when you know, oh, no, this is just an emotion to explore in the haunted house. And the more that I open up those doors and turn on the lights, the more I can see, the less scared I am. Mm-hmm. And then I'm allowed to feel lost. It, it doesn't mean anything of who I am. And mm-hmm. it's okay to feel lost. And I can feel lost for as long as I want. All of a sudden, it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh great. There's so much re- relief yeah. just in that. Even if you're still feeling lost, there's so much relief in the fact that you're not terrified of it and trying to fight against it. So the way that you can identify personal truths, two two ways is in your language, notice the times when you say something like, I'm feeling a little lost, and then you pull yourself back. Oh, no, it's not that I'm feeling whatever. Catch those moments because that's your personal truth. Mm-hmm. And the other way is have a think about your desires. What do you want right now? Mm-hmm. I was chatting with someone the other day and they're like, I really, I want to be enjoying my life. I said, okay, cool. So the one of the first things that you need to do is admit to yourself that right now you're not enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not enjoying my life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's been moments in Bali where I'm like living in Bali, surfing, playing golf online, like, whoa, this is great, you know, outside the nine to five. And then I've, I've been like, honest with my like you know just properly honest with myself mm-hmm. like am i enjoying myself though? i'm like i'm not no i'm not am i happy i'm like no i'm not mm-hmm. confronting and uncomfortable to face um but what creates the space for release to take place so mm-hmm. notice those moments where you pull yourself up on oh no it's not this and oh, it's not that i'm jealous it's just blah 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 whatever follows it's not that i'm it's more it's nine times out of ten that's the exact thing that it is mm-hmm. which is which is just very ironic you know yeah how life works and if you want to feel free you can't you can't want something that you are being you can't want something that you have so if you're wanting to feel free then just flip it to the opposite and that'll take you to a personal truth either trapped caged limited stifle mm-hmm. stifled if you want to feel productive admit you're just like i feel like a slob you know, if you want to feel happy, admit you're just like, I'm just not, I'm just not happy. You know, if you're like, oh, I want to have direction, then yeah, admit I feel lost and directionless right now. Mm-hmm. If you want to know, I want to know who I am on a deeper level, admit that some parts of you are just like, I have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. And these are just two easy ways to take you to what, when I'm saying a personal truth, it's what's currently, what's currently true for you. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is that What's true for you today might not be what's true for you mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if you keep resisting it, it always will be. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 what I'm talking about when I'm talking personal truths. That's how to go about it. And that's why it's so important and powerful and perspective, sorry, important and powerful and influential because again, you can't move on from something that you deny is there. It's like mm-hmm. your kitchen's on fire and going, no, no, it's not. Because <laughs> And you deny it because you're afraid to look at you like, I don't want to have to deal with a kitchen that's on fire. I don't want to have to deal with feeling lost and like I don't know myself. So I'm just going to tell myself that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like that happens so often. Like I, I know I've definitely experienced that in my life, but I love how you pinpoint how we can start identifying these things. Like those statements, I'm like, oh yeah, I've definitely made statements like that in my life, you know, for oh, sure. Totally. 
like for sure, I can totally relate. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that was a moment that I need to identify that. But yeah, I love that. Cause it's just a tangible, actionable tip. And it's like, for anyone who's listening now, it's like, you're going to catch yourself. I know I'll catch myself doing things like that throughout the day. And I'm like, okay, you know, so once we have awareness of that, now we can start to change that. And I really like that. And it's just something that is, it's so relatable for sure. And you talked about identity and I, I, identity is such a big thing because we move in the direction of what we identify as. Can you talk about how, when we identify as something that isn't maybe as maladaptive or isn't serving us, how do we start to change our identity to be something that we desire and, and move in the direction of our dreams rather than being stuck in, well, I'm, this is who I am. I can't go in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Great mm -hmm. question. So I love I love going with Eckhart Tolle's definition of ego, which is nice and simple. And in fact, in the power of now, it says, simply put, ego is what we think we are. Mm -hmm. And what's also important to understand is that thoughts don't need to be conscious for them to exist. Mm -hmm. So often people are just thinking that who they are is who they think they are in their conscious mind. The Again, the honesty to, to get into the body, to, to the feeling and the personal truths, will be like, oh, I've always thought that I'm this person, but I got slapped across the head and realized that this is this is who I am. So if you want to change your identity to be more aligned with what you want to create, a, a great insight is from a guy called Wayne Dyer, which is, and this is, I love it because it takes you into the body and not just in the mind, is that what you feel yourself to be, you are. Mm-hmm. What you feel yourself to be, you are. So you might be like, uh, you know, I'm a high achiever, I'm a high achiever, I'm a high achiever. And then when you slow down and be with yourself, you might feel like you're a bit of a fraud. You might feel like you're a slob, even though your external results would suggest otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, high achievers create results, but it comes from force. And you can, you can force, you can just bowl on over those fears. You're not moving through them and letting the release from the body. You're bowling over those fears and just smashing on through. And this is how you burn yourself out and tie yourself out because there's so many internal fights that are going on that you've got to keep up. You know, I, I explain it of like, if you're running from someone and you turn around and slam the door, you know, with a door, like you can put your foot at the bottom of the door and it's quite effective to keep it closed, even if that person's pushing as much as they can. Mm -hmm. But then there's another person behind and another person behind, another person behind, the pressure behind that door builds. Mm -hmm. And then you're having a conversation with someone and you're like, you know, half of your attention is on the door. You're worried about the door swinging open and hitting you. And imagine having a hundred of those or more in your body at all times. Mm -hmm playing out and you're just like, I'm terrified that if I were to just ease up for a moment, bam, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done. And so the, the, again, the ability to name and be honest with yourself as to where you're at and who you currently believe and feel yourself to be is going to create the space for you to then step into who you want to be from a place of ease and effortlessness and flow. And so you've got you've got to be willing to die to who you currently are, you know. Jim Rohn's good to great. You've got to be willing to confront and die and face who you currently think yourself to be. You've got to be willing to face the uncertainty of who of who am I, 
The ego is what we think we are. And we are identified with our external world, our results, our past, our, our principles and our ideologies, our philosophies, the people around us, the status, the job title, whatever it might be. You've got to be willing to not know who you are. You've got to be willing to dive into the uncertainty. You've got to be willing for who you think you are to die so that you don't have this dependency. This is who I am because mm -hmm. you'll be grip and tight. If, if you are. And without that willingness, you just simply will not let go for no other reason than a lack of willingness. Mm -hmm. So to, to shift the identity in a fundamental and effective way, you've got to be, you've got to be willing to die to who, who you currently are and let, let go of who you think you are and, and face the uncertainty of like, of what's on the other side. Mm, I love that. And I love that example of the door. It's such a, it's so like, you can feel that, like how that would yeah. feel. It's like, I, yeah, I've definitely experienced that in my life, but it's like to hear it in those terms where you're like trying to keep all those doors shut and all the people are pushing on it. It's like, yeah, it, it's just like trying to juggle 10 balls and you can never let one drop because it's just too, too much, you know, pressure on you and you have to keep everything going. And yet you're, you're human and you can only do so much. It's like, yeah. And I just, I love the identity too, is just diving in deeper and and not allowing the external world to identify who we are, but really just identifying who we are in our core and our soul. So I love yeah, that yeah. for someone who's listening and is like, you know, loves this, but is like feeling they don't know where to start. How would you recommend someone doing something today? What what could someone do in this moment just to start to dive into learning how to surrender? I really get your identity, learn their personal truths. What's something they could just start with as small as it is? Yeah, as small as it is, you you they can start by writing down, how do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. Just that question. How do I want to feel? And mm -hmm. then use the opposite to flip it over and be mm -hmm. like, I want to feel uh yeah, I want to feel like I'm enjoying my life. I need to admit to myself that I'm not. And mm -hmm. you can begin to go through the four permissions that it's like, it's okay that I'm not enjoying my life, mm -hmm. which yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's going to, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be emotionally uncomfortable. There's going to be pushback mm -hmm. from other parts of yourself and other thoughts. No, no, no. That's silly. That's stupid. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't, don't do that. Oh, if you do that, you'll lose everything. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be fear that gets triggered. But that's that's something that someone can start to do. Really think about the tennis ball analogy. Yeah, I like that one. And to, to go deeper into that, the, the, the way to do it is to identify, like tune into the fact of like, oh yeah, I can feel, I can feel the sadness in my body. Mm -hmm. And then I get people to go, can you notice how you're pushing back up against it? It's like, oh yeah, I'm doing that, <laughs> which is often at times it's just like, oh, what's going on? This is just happening to me. You know, I'm just feeling sad or why am I got to figure it all out? And it can feel as if we are, that the experience is just happening to us. But when, when someone realizes, oh, I'm doing that, I get, I'm like, push a little harder. Oh yeah. Ease it off a bit. Push a little harder. Ease off. That gives a felt sense of the fight and, and of where they're at. And because it gives them a felt sense of what fighting is. Innately, we all know what surrender is, mm -hmm. even if we're not aware of it yet. Because we have a, a felt sense and a point of reference of what fighting is, mm -hmm. it gives us a, a point of reference and a felt sense of what surrender must be. Well, if mm -hmm. that's what fighting is, this is what surrender must be. 
so that's what anyone can get started with today. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And as like, as you're speaking, that's the same thing with the body. It's like, if you don't know how to relax, engage the muscle, and then you can teach it how to relax. It's, just, it's very, very similar to the yes. mind. Yeah. So I love that. It's what a great example. And I, I really enjoyed this conversation. And for someone who wanted to connect with you, learn how to work with you, or just get into some of your programs or what you have, how can they, how can they find you? Best way is to jump over to the website, which is www.andrewdpierce.com. Mm-hmm. There's some freebies there. There's a one-to-one coaching application. There's a bunch of video and written content, links to my socials. It's it's just really the, the best place to go. Great. And I'll put that in the show notes too, for anyone listening who wants to connect with Andrew, I highly recommend it. This has been just so insightful and really have enjoyed this. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And again, for anyone listening, don't keep this to yourself. If you've benefited from this conversation, share it with someone else who could also benefit. There's so many gems in this conversation that someone could take and really help to move their life forward. So share it with a friend and also please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Love to hear your feedback on it. So thank you again for listening and spending your precious time with us. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it serves you well to start rewiring your brain to create the life you desire. If you found value in this, please share it with a friend and tag me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Kelly Kessler.